boys at play uh this isn't a standard episode this is a special episode so um this is going to be our pride special 2021 i'm your host for this episode my name is ruben and i'm joined as always by mark hello and for this special we have two guest hosts so by means of left to right on the screen as i can see you i think that's the easiest way we have semrick otherwise known as emray and Cookie, otherwise known as Remy. Hello. So this is a Pride special. We don't really have a set structure for this one. So we just wanted to talk about representation, uh, actual representation in video games, uh, instances in which the representation isn't so good, instances in which representation just isn't there. Um, good examples, bad examples of this sort of thing in games. And how far we have to go, what we what we would suggest, really, realistically, as for creators and for people in the LGBTQ plus community, what we would suggest going forwards. Uh, so who wants to start? Just kick off with anything, anything, anything. That is so broad. <laughs> <laughs> Dad. Oh, <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's, it's really really broad. Um, okay, so when you say anything, like, do we do we start from the beginning? Do we do we how how do we feel? What 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 do you want to do there? Well, I mean, I'm quite happy to kick off from the beginning, and I was having a think about the first time that I played a video <clears throat> game of any description that I can remember that had any kind of LGBT character or potential or and the game that came to mind for me as kind of my earliest uh, memory of that is The Sims. All right. So I don't specifically remember buying the game for this, but perhaps kind of stumbling on it as a young. Uh, gay i suppose i can't even remember when the sims came out i guess i would have been a teenager i bought the game i took it home and i started playing it and then i kind of just sort of almost by accident realized that that same-sex characters could romance each other in the game and they could form relationships and it kind of became a bit of you know i was does anybody remember when the first sims game came out was it like 2000 2000 so i would have been like 15 16 you know, I guess I was definitely aware of my sexuality, uh, but I definitely wasn't out. Um, but it was kind of fun to be able to sort of play around with the idea of sort of secretly having these little gay relationships in this video game. Um and feeling like, oh, you know, one day maybe this could be my life. I could have my nice little house with my my boyfriend or my partner or whatever. That's lovely. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think also because it wasn't... It just... there was It wasn't a... Di- you know, there wasn't a... Di- you know, there was no... There was no judgment in the game. None of the other characters were homophobic. It just was... This is just how it is in, in the world of The Sims. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Like you got to have like a really positive first interaction with sort of like the queer community in gaming. That's that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, the options that it gave you, the freedom that it gave you. It's it went like when you because when you first, I I think for most of us, uh, at least if we were like in our teens back then when we first played The Sims, it I I mean how many yeah queer characters had we seen in gaming they were it's not like they were you know dime a dozen and now you were it, it, it was so lovely to add yourself in as a self-insert and just live your best game <laughs> in a queer life yeah Eve, like you couldn't understand what they said but you know it was nice and queer and happy yeah simlish right which is like almost finished but not quite <clears throat> Oh, I I mean, I'm Swedish. I am literally right next door to Finland. I have no <laughs> idea what to say. <laughs> Not a yeah. word. I'm just like, what is this? What is it that you're saying? Are you speaking in tongues? <laughs> Blink twice for yes. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. You know, um, there was a... We're going off on a tangent here already, but there, there was a an interesting uh, Twitter thread from one of the... Uh, uh, a, a developers of the original Sims game, and he was talking about, uh, you know, what the uh, origins of the Simlish language are, and you know how people had different theories about it being like reversed words and like a take on European something. But uh, what it turned out it is genuinely all just nonsense, just gibberish, oh, just wow, absolute okay. gibberish <laughs> that came out of. Like lots of playing around with noises and things. It was quite interesting. And he, he also talked about loads of other kind of behind-the-scenes development stuff on The Sims and The Sims 2 and stuff, but that was one of the things that came out. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, The Sims is kind of interesting. I actually didn't know that. I, I was always under the opin- opin- uh, the understanding that it came from like someone messing with the Finnish language, so it's really cool to know that, actually, and get that um, corrected on my knowledge, because you, know, you read stuff online yeah. and, and you forget it, but um, I do know that the beginnings, the origins of the Sim series was it was about building. It was like an architecture game and it was supposed to be that. And it's really interesting to think about where it's come from, like the origins of being an architect game. And now it's pretty much just a social game, right? Like what I, I say uh, yeah. pretty much, like I know some pro builders, so like I know that that's like a big scene, but <laughs> it has such a massive social impact now, doesn't it? Like, and the the sort of the, um, you know, with the, the latest version uh, the, of the, the Sims 4, they've got all of the... Um, gender customize and customization got the you know um a character can be attracted to basically anybody in the game now um so it's, it's come like a it's kind of both come a long way and also had really solid foundations in that you could just be gay at the start of the of the game so it's yeah again super super positive game really maxes have just done a really good job with it yep i, I like i didn't even consider the sims because um when, yeah same. like i i, I because I was thinking about the same thing as you, and uh, in terms of the first experience I had with an LGBTQ character, and the first one I had was a villain. So it, it, it just that which just ties into the whole Disney, like queer coding their villains sort of like history that is, is still going now. Um, and it was Sander Cohen in Bioshock. It was oh, the first. Oh, it was the first time. It was the first time I remember <laughs> no. seeing a character and going, "That's a queer character." Because um, I was oblivious most of my life, and I, arguably I'm still oblivious to most things now. Um, 
But like when I played Bioshock, I was like, that is a queer character. And he is a villain in this piece. And then that kind of reminded me that, you know, uh, like in Disney, a lot of the villains are also queer coders as well. And that's just, Mm. and that's, and that's, and like when you look back over past instances of queer characters in video games, several of them were villains. Um, Whether they were removed for Western audiences from the game versus their original, their their original. appearances or behaviors they still were villains and so really you, you're completely right the sims is actually such a a wholesome version <laughs> of of um being able to be be yourself and kind of explore your identity in video games in a positive way as opposed to you know the negative light in which um quite a lot of um lgbtq people would actually see themselves represented in in video games Hmm. my actual like because i was the same i didn't think about it when i was in the sims but uh, because i but and i never real i never really grew up thinking about like the queer coding of uh disney villains because i always saw them as oh they're flamboyant oh they're extra oh they're dramatic but my mind never went to Queer coding, that really didn't come up until you started looking into it a bit more. I remember the first ever queer coded character I saw in a game, and it it, it was a shopkeeper. I was playing, and funny enough, I'm replaying this game right now, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Uh, that just came out in an HD version, hint, hint. Um... <laughs> The sh- one of the shopkeepers there was an incredibly overly over the top flamboyant mannequin. They're they're called mannequins, but they're like twitching humans. And that really gave me a sense of oh, this character is actually hitting on my avatar, yeah. my the avatar you walk around with, which is male presenting. And I was like, oh, queer characters or. Gay characters, woohoo! So that was my really, f- that was my first, and like, that was my first experience with a queer quota character in video games. And Lord knows, Shin Megami Tensei has a few of them. That's really great as well, because that's like, essentially, that's another good one, right? Like, uh, you know. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad representation. I was like, oh, he's gay. He thinks I'm cute and he's selling me stuff at a discount. Good. Where Where's this in real life? I want a 50% discount because somebody thinks I'm cute. But so it wasn't like, a, oh, shit, they are queer coding the villain situation. It was like, okay, he, he's he's just very gay and very capitalistic is what we need. Even in a destroyed world. Gay capitalism still exists. <laughs> Pink cash is still there to represent, right? Money is still money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of naturally leads towards um, my earliest memories. And they're kind of anachronistic, actually. This is kind of an interesting one. So um, the earliest memory I have of a, of a queer character is uh, Poison in Final Fight, right? Um, which is not a great one. Um, because Poison is obviously uh, a a villain, uh, a, you know, represent. Uh, uh, I think they, they're um, 
represented as like a, you know a bad person and then given a sort of a, a bit of a slant in their um, gender representation in the in one country they are considered to be a woman in another country they're considered to be a trans woman um, and it was a way of uh, you know Capcom getting around the idea that people didn't want to um, beat up a woman in a in a, uh, you know, a beat em up. Um, so my first introduction to that character was um, I was around a, a kid, kid called Ollie back at um, back at like like when I was like I don't know, nine or something, um, and pausing the game and being like I don't want to hit this character um, because they're a woman, and then hearing the, uh, the the dad of the the kids whose house I was around saying no it's fine and then dropping the Tesla. It's like that's my first like interaction in. Um, with a queer character in a in a video game so not great and then anachronistically it's also my first interaction with um a trans character because obviously you know my identity as a trans person came later for me um so yeah i didn't i didn't get like the the nice happy one i really wish it had been the sims for me as well or you know it'd been something nice but yeah it wasn't uh, it wasn't so great for me <laughs> poison fits into that um that 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 really frustrating place in in video games with video game law where and video game kind of companies where they will constantly chop and change and alter the backstory to suit either whichever market they're trying to sell to or to suit them at the time so um like uh one thing that um Gav, my partner, was saying, um, was about Birdo yeah. uh, in yeah. Super Mario and how Birdo's original iteration, like very, very original iteration in the instruction manuals said that um, he wants to be a girl, Yeah, I think. I think that was the exact line. And they've said since entirely, and, and that they wanted to be called Birdetta, I think, was the, was the exact line. Um, but that's since been completely retconned and not mentioned anywhere um and it's it's i think america and the 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 amount of rules and regulations they have on games out there through various reasons are responsible for a lot of these changes and a lot of these retcons um and really that that is still happening now um but it's just frustrating to see because that they're, they're still if you look at poison now even in street fighter 5 they still haven't decided or con like there's still no no concrete kind of explanation of this character they they, they haven't made their mind up at all and they're just pandering to whichever market they're working at yeah basically and yeah that's just oh that gets on my fucking tits yeah, that's um, that's the whole stochastic terrorism of being trans in um, you know, in media is that like they get to decide what what you are and what your representation is based on the media who are, you know, sorry, mm. the the audience who are consuming it. So like, the a really good example is that again, Poison in Street Fighter Cross Tekken in America is a post-op trans woman, in Japan is a pre-op trans woman, and in China is a woman. having three identities as three entirely separate groups inside, you know, um, inside femininity, it's not great. It's not great because it means that you can't know who she's supposed to represent. You can't use her as someone to, to like, um, you know, base yourself off of. Like, if you wanted to see a person and then 
you know, find out who you are based on who they are, you can't because you have no concrete idea who she is. Um, and there's this idea that um, there's a guy called George Gerbner in 1976 came up with this idea, which is called symbolic annihilation, or it's sometimes referred to as um, symbolic violence or soft violence. And it's basically the idea that if you don't see yourself in media and if you can't, and if you can only see negative in, uh, interpretations of yourself or any part of your identity, you end up by either getting erased from from that um, from from social consciousness, or alternatively, you end up um, people having a negative valence, you know, a negative emotional state towards that person and towards that identity. And that's part of <clears throat> you brought up earlier, Ruben, about the the idea of Disney queer coding its villains. The the reason they did that wasn't to push the idea that that queer people are bad, but it was an easy thing to grasp because queer people at the time were bad in the social consciousness. So if you made the the villain queer, then well, now it's much easier. Now you know that this person's evil because they're they're coded queer, and like that the 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 idea of symbolic annihilation is really strong inside sort of like in gaming even now because like if you look at sort of um as as time has progressed so. In like 2004, um, I played like the first game that had uh, a bisexual character in it, um, which is the main character in Fable. If you've played Fable, you can marry a woman and you can marry a man. And if you've married both a woman and a man at any point in the game, like to uh, one and then the other, you actually get your status changed to bisexual. Which when I found out like as a, as like a 14 year old, I was like, yes, I have to do this. Um, and um, that character. Like that, that sort of like that representation um, of bisexual people in RPGs has just only grown and grown and grown as, as time has come on. Uh, and now it's kind of the ex- expectation is that bisexual characters in video games, uh, sorry, in specifically RPGs, like every NPC that is romanceable will be bisexual. That's kind of like the, the sort of like the expectation is that you'll be able to romance them as either a male character or a female character mm-hmm. or a non-binary character where they're represented. And that is the the sort of like the proof that um and sort of like there is proof in that that symbolic annihilation is a thing in that more and more people and gamers are coming forward as being bisexual which before that like critical line in 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 you know the the, the early 2000s it was much less of a thing like i didn't know people who were bisexual growing up who played games now like i, I like a third maybe maybe two thirds of all the people i play with are either queer or um bisexual you know, as as their identity inside the queer, uh, you know, super umbrella. <laughs> yeah, I think what's kind of nice about some of those examples as well is that it gives the player the decision. Yeah. So mm. you can choose to romance uh, a male character or a female character and be bisexual, but you can also choose to only romance the male character and be gay or romance the female character be straight or be a lesbian um and i think that's that's quite nice yeah that it lets you because... choose what what your sexuality is yeah, on, yeah. Where, you know where you are on that spectrum and like in games where you don't really have a set because let me because i haven't really played i haven't played fable but i'm assuming it's one where you create your own avatar uh yeah you create your own yeah, character you do, yeah. like there is no set uh main character in there so like I, it makes more sense that they would have um, the option to romance everybody if there's a romance option, like with any character of your choosing, because 
you can play any character of your choosing, and it would be so limiting because you can you can create a character and say this character is straight, gay, lesbian, bi, pan, trans, uh, intersex, asexual, whatever you wish. It's your own creation, and allowing then your character to approach the romance options as they wish, rather than saying, this this character can only be romanced by this, and only by that. Uh, it's It goes it really goes hand in hand, because if you create your own character, you have to be able to really choose your own love options. And any game that gives you freedom of character creation and gives you freedom of romancing NPCs is doing a good job because those things really do go hand in hand. I can't imagine playing a game where I create my own character and then suddenly I am locked, my romance options are locked to specific, uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, gender, specific, gender tied sexuality. Yeah. Pretty much, yes. Like, that it's locked to specific archetypes that my character is supposed to be. I'm like, no. My character can be anything, and my character can romance everything. Get with the problem. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, there's a good example of that, isn't there, in the, the first Mass Effect game, where I'm pretty sure you couldn't be gay at all. No. Yeah, exactly. No, because they, I think they dummied out, because um, because there there are... You can, you can mod yeah. the game so that you recover some lo- like the lost di- dialogue with Caden mm-hmm. where M Shep would romance Caden but I don't think they had like they didn't have a recorded scene and they removed it so you had the option of a bisexual pansexual character in Liara and then you had uh, the option to if you play if you wanted to your shepherd to be a cisgender woman or a heterosexual woman not cisgender because cisgender the commandment heterosexual woman go with Liara again. Liara was really getting it on. <laughs> she was like, I it's like y'all y'all were love interest for one episode. Tried the entire series. <laughs> Liara was getting a freak on, and I love that for her. But there is there is a downside to this discussion as well, though, because with any game where you are given that player choice, it's it's safe in a way almost for developers to give a gay option and a lesbian option because the people that are going to get all up in arms about it can ignore those options. When you start looking at genuine uh, stories in... In, in more story-led games where the story is prescribed, that's suddenly where there's like almost a complete dearth of options wherever you are on the spectrum because it's not safe. Yeah, no, for, exactly. As a, as a... Yeah. I mean, if we're, on, if we're on the subject of Bioware games, uh, you look at Dragon Age 2, where it was literally a bi-pansexual adventure, because everybody except Sebastian, and I always really did not like that because Sebastian looked like... Well, Sebastian had some beautiful eyes and I was like, no, you're going to sleep with my shepherd. I don't care. Um, but you like the four main romance options, they were for both female presenting hawks and male presenting hawks. So 
Dragon Age, despite the fact that you had an actual proper character, like this character wasn't just a blank slate. They had a personality that you could alter a bit. They had a family. They had a backstory. Everything was around there. But you still had the option to romance just about any of your companions, regardless of which gender presenting or which body presenting uh, hawk you chose. Yeah. And I remember uproar about that for from the straits. I think... Um, of course. If you don't mind me saying, Mark, were you um, kind of getting at the point of the... Um, sort of like the the queer button, as it were. Like, you have to press a button for your character to be queer, but you never have to press a button for a character to be presumed straight, and most stories do actually just have a heterosexual or a heteronormative um, set of... Yes, uh, yeah, I can think of... <clears throat> Almost no games where you are playing a by default LGBTQ character. I can think of one. Oh, yeah, and probably the same one I can think of. Is it The Last of Us? No, I was gonna say Hades. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Hades. Yeah, good point. Because Zagreus is Zagreus um, is pansexual, so. Mm. Um, and the but, last that, was... but that game, that that game came out. Sorry, when like. Last year, mm-hmm. yeah, three years ago. I mean, that's the thing. We are seeing this movement, it, yeah, where it's yeah, becoming. But that it took so long yeah. in a like in a gaming timeline where queer characters that appeared from nineteen eighty something that it's like Zagreus is such a wide example now because, but the fact that it appeared in two thousand nineteen, hmm. maybe early two thousand twenty. Um, but yeah, that was the thing. Like, when you create your characters, they're just it, this automatic assumption of cis heterosexuality. Like, your character is a cisgender hetero. And, oh, you want to be gay? Unlock these 19 options, pay for this DLC, sacrifice a goat, and dance under the moon. Yeah. Then we'll find a magic queer button, but only if you answer the gnome's riddle correctly. It's, I mean, you you have to jump through hoops yeah. to get to that option. And it took literal, and you could just get the heterosexual option by falling asleep and at your hand accidentally pressed the control. <laughs> yeah, you get it by default just by hitting go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a good point on that as well about sort of like, there are slowly coming to be more stories that are told from a you know um, uh, a queer perspective where you are queer from the start and then you don't really have options and you you will be queer at the end. Um, but as far as I can tell, there aren't really yet any stories told from a trans perspective where you are trans at the start and you're trans at the end and you were always trans. There is Celeste. But, and it comes with like a massive but, it's uh, in the um, expansion, the, the um, DLC, alludes to the, uh, the main character being, um, being trans. And that's part of which because of the, the, the one of the, the main creator was, um, uh, is, a, is a trans woman. Um, and that was part of their writing story. And they've talked about it on Twitter quite heavily. Um, but that's like the only one I know of. And I did a bit of research before coming here. So I can say it not like definitively, but it's the only one I know of where you are actually a trans uh, character um, through and through. Um, I, there's a game that's um, 
where you play as a lesbian character uh, and you are a lesbian character and you're looking for your wife or something and it's like a it's a one of those you know uh, quote unquote walking simulator games I'm forgetting it I'm blanking the name on it but I think that was in 2017 if any of you remember um, that's not springing to mind um, the other one that springs to mind and I I have yet to play it so I can't comment on how well the representation holds up is tell me why the the dot nog game from the people that did um life is strange oh, okay which has uh twins but one of them is trans oh one of them is canonically trans yes, yes. And that's awesome. that game is free now on steam yes that game is free now on steam during pride month and, and, and on xbox it... live as well oh that's fantastic xbox. yeah so honestly i've I mean, I can only imagine how refreshing it was for trans gamers to be like, holy shit, there's a canonically trans char- uh, character in this game. Main character as well. It's one, and, one yeah. of two. And, one of not, two. and like, not used as the butt of a joke. It's like, it's a properly fleshed out character. And that's beautiful. Mm. That is absolutely goddamn yeah. beautiful. In fact, I, down- I downloaded it yesterday on my Xbox, but I have yet to get around to actually starting it. But it's 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 kind of next on my list of things I want to play. So, yeah, trans mask characters as well do not get much in the way of representation in in, in games, but they do have slightly higher than trans women recently. I've noticed um, because there's a trans mask character is it in the Witcher games, or it might be the Dragon Age games. There, there is one. I there is one in the there. I don't know if I could call it call them trans. In the Witcher games, there's an elf that dresses up. Uh, there's a may. I, I think it's. I don't know if it's cisgender male or not. Elf that dresses as a woman. There's um. And I don't know if that's like a representation of trans, or something else. It's not else. the character I'm thinking of. There's one who uses a, uh, an mm. imagine uses some magic. There's a, there's a character who uses magic to change their gender, but. This is like vaguely in my head, and I don't remember the name of the character. But someone at some point in which series? I thought it was in the Witcher series, but it might be the Dragon Age series. I was kind of hoping that one of you would know the answer to this. <laughs> I I unfortunately have I've attempted to play The Witcher Three, did not get on with it. I've never played any of the other Witcher games, um, and the only Dragon Age game I've played is Inquisition, but it was quite a while ago, so it's not it's not coming to mind for me. I'm afraid. Yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm a gino- I'm a ginormous fan of Dragon Age, and I'm desperately <laughs> trying to figure um, it out. I bounced off. Yeah, yeah, I bounced off both series. So like, I don't. Uh, I know of it, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I know of the character, but I don't know who they are. <laughs> I'm the same as you. I bounced off. I bounced off both series as well. Yeah, but um, another game that I could recommend i think oh that's you begin with... there there is sorry all right you no you go and then i'll come back to this, this was going <laughs> oh i'm so sorry uh, no there is a trans character in dragon age inquisition but it isn't about magic krem is a trans mask character in inquisition oh, okay fully accepted by like because he's part of the uh, he's part of iron bulls mercenary company iron and Bull, yes. yes and krem is fully out as a trans mask individual okay and completely utterly accepted uh from by his by the mercenary company he's in who all of them know nice okay i think that is the character that i'm thinking of 
they i don't i don't i'm not sure if they used magic i i think i i'm not sure if it's like if they have altered their body in any way but they absolutely present as mask and use he him pronouns yeah that's fantastic so and that character was i remember how incredibly well received and how well-received Bioware's treatment of this character was. Because they were like, he identifies as as a, ma- as a man. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even, even Iron Bull, actually, within that game, is not the kind of character that is usually represented as being uh, LGBT. Um, which I thought was quite interesting when playing through. I was kind of that took me by surprise when 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 Iron Ball was a romanceable character for my for my character in Inquisition. So sort of like the, it's always uh, a pleasant oh. surprise, though. Sorry, go on, Ruby. No, no, no. I was going to mutter some things. What were you saying, Ruben? Um. Oh yeah. Um. Sorry, I was going to I was going to recommend If Found. If you hadn't heard of that, no, I haven't. Remy, heard of it. Um. Uh, it's a it's, it's it's a visual novel, um, but it is kind of telling the story of a trans girl over the course of about two weeks. Um, there's another story that it's two stories operating in tandem, but one of them is kind of a a B story about the end of the universe for whatever reason, and the main story <laughs> is over is over two <coughs> weeks, um, kind of, and and it goes through various various struggles that she goes through so with her with her mother and acceptance and with her friends who she then finds acceptance because uh, and then moves in with them and then has a kind of a kind of rift with them and then it's it's just a beautifully told i i cried so hard at the end of the game um but it's just and it only takes i'd, I'd say about two to three hours to get to the end of it's a beautiful epilogue as well um but yeah, if found is a, is is a is a great game that I would recommend. Where the character, the main focal character, starts off trans and also ends trans. Yeah, um, and it's just such a believable tale as well. I, and I think I, I've not done much research into the game, but I think I, I think I, I'm pretty sure that the development team involved in it were all or majority lgbtq and you can feel that in the way that the story is told it's told with such heart and such honesty yeah yeah no, thank you so much for bringing it up and that's going on like a post-it note for me to buy later and play this evening because yeah like it's so hard to find and like i think the the indie scene is saving games right now um when it comes to like queer representation um I, everyone nodding yeah like the it's just because like triple a has kind of fallen into its 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 ruts with um just trying to squeeze as much money out of us as possible and trying not really to to care too much about the the joy of making games mm. and like you can really see it in, in indie yeah. games now that they are pushing kind of this this you know they're they're pushing well with the um representation of just everybody because you know poc representation is massively up in indie games and yeah like the fact that you both mentioned like uh actually I don't know that Mark. I don't know that that counts as an indie game, does it? Which uh, you mentioned the trans mask character. Oh, tell me why. Yeah, tell me why. Does uh, that count? It's like double A. Double A. Yeah, it's like not triple A, but it's 
it's it's bigger than indie, I think. Yeah, because I was gonna say, I like, I, I, yeah, I feel like it, it, they're they're the ones who are kind of like the indie and the the sub AAA are the ones who are like actually trying to improve things, and AAA just seems to be doing that capitalist thing of uh, let's make money off the back of it. Yeah, and I think the other the other you know the sad reality is that it's easier for indie <laughs> games to have to include that kind of representation because they're not answering to boards of directors and shareholders and focus groups and marketing mm. and you know all the things that say <coughs> this game needs to primarily appeal to straight white men between the ages of sixteen yeah. and thirty or whatever. Like that's like that's the beauty of indie games that they don't have to they don't have they don't have like they know their that their audience is varied and they know that their audience isn't just a whole bunch of white cisgender heterosexual men and that there are so so many people that w- actually because honestly like because that indie games are really saving the scene in this point because because we get so many more gaming options, like queer options, uh, options for queer people, options for people of color, options for neurodivergent people, options for just about anybody. And it also goes to show that, like, not every game needs that um, brown-haired, bearded, gruff voice, troubled past, uh, girlfriend in every bar town kind of protagonist and bounce off the story of how he's emotionally stunted for some goddamn reason. Is that we have so many, like, 50,000 varied stories and they're being told through indie games, and that's so beautiful. And I can't wait until the AAA scene kind of realizes that, you know what, it's not just a bunch of screaming heterosexual crybabies anymore that, you know, there are so many more people, and we are louder, and we sound better. <laughs> We're at least less uh, objectionable, right? Like when it comes down to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we are the lesser evil. Yeah, we commit way fewer. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> but like, it's lit. I'm just like, this is. Mm. Uh if I can, if, if I can just, I'm sorry. If, if I can just go back to like Dragon Age because. I just know that there were queer people involved in writing that because you have a trans mask character that is portrayed in a very positive light as he should be. And you have a completely, utterly, unashamedly, unabashedly gay character in Dorian mm-hmm. who, like, he's not only, like, presented as I am 100% gay, um, you look lovely, darling, but you look better with your clothes on, um, but also his backstory, like, of what he's experienced. It, it is a bit of queer trauma that unfortunately is brought into this. But, and that's a whole nother tangent, really. Uh, like, in his backstory, how his, and this is spoilers for people who haven't played Inquisition. Um, how his father tried to use magic to change his sexuality. Which is like... Okay. Then we have analogs for conversion therapy. Congratulations. But I'm like, I'm I'm still thinking like a queer person wrote this mm-hmm. because it's still it still has like they humanize Dorian so much in ways I don't think 
heterosexual writers for games can really do because they don't understand the struggles that queer people go through in that regard and how like families perceive them and having a character in a triple a game to show the struggles but also show that he is living freely and he's supported by his by everybody within the inquisition who's like 100 behind him that is still such a positive way to portray him not like he's sitting in a fetal position broken by his father's choices but more like he's saying well you made a choice you made the wrong choice and i'm just gonna go live my life mm-hmm. see that yeah is, it, that it, is actually it acknowledges really his it acknowledges his trauma in a mm. realistic way but, but it doesn't make him nothing but trauma. no exactly he's he's shown that he's moved through that he's come through that and he is you know, like you said, kind of living his best life. Yeah. He he's he's Britney Spearsing it. He's stronger than yesterday. <laughs> but that's but that's that's a key point, really, that you've <coughs> that you've mentioned, Em, right? We don't see enough, even in indie games, uh, quite often, we don't see enough the other side of the struggle. As in like coming out of the other end of the struggle and being stronger and better and living your life freer for having mm. gone through it. We either see the before the trauma or the trauma, but the, that kind of that that kind of post overcoming mm. that I mean, is, is, also, is quite rare. You've also got the third option of there just not being any trauma because it doesn't exist. Like my mm. example of The Sims, where it's just always accepted that the characters are gay and that's fine. Or, but yeah, you don't often see that full journey of coming to terms with yourself going through that trauma and then coming out the, the mm. other side being better for it it's i mean because everyone keeps on going like it it gets better it gets better but we don't show it mm. we show pre-trauma we show during trauma we, we should we don't show post-trauma where they are better and games are such like we we can't even we can't deny the fact that games are such an inspiration for like and and like for how we could live our lives because it's become such a huge medium it isn't just about punch kick slash it's more like oh look at this character living freely and unapologetically despite the events that have occurred in their life i can do the same I can use this as an inspiration. So we do need to see more games where they, even if they've gone through trauma, they have gotten the tools, they've gotten the help, they have the support system, and they're now in a better place to show them that it does get better. We don't just say it. We show what it looks like. Yeah. Where are all the happy queers at, right? like we don't have to fridge every queer person please just put someone in the happy train <laughs> or trash their relationships right like again spoilers for the end of last of us part two but they don't they don't oh, yeah. end up together right like um the our, our happy queer couple um is split up um which sucks and i'd like it if the story had ended earlier <laughs> Um, just because there's that happy scene where they're just like this this happy gay couple in a house. I was like, yes, this is the ending I want, you know? 
And I I watched that whole scene and the whole scene I was going, No, Ellie, don't do don't do that, Ellie. Just let it go. <laughs> just let it's it like go. Ellie for let fuck's sake. Happy. Yeah. She just she just couldn't. That's where you just want to load a, like a previous auto save and be like, "This is where the story ends." Okay, time to take out the disc. We're done. Yeah, exactly. We are done. Fanfic will provide the rest. Thank you so much. Because like I understand what they were going for, and I know that what they wanted was that cycle of violence thing. And they wanted to really hammer home that you know the only way to finish the violence was to choose not to be violent. But she'd already done that. That was where the story was at in the cabin. They had already ended the cycle of violence and. She could have chosen at the start of the request, you know, come with me, let's go and do more violence. She could have just said, ah, no, you know what, I'm fine. And that would still be as strong of a message than, you know, the, the fight scene and all of the gubbins that followed. Like, they could have just been happy. And I, I really wish they had stopped there because I think it would have been a more compelling story at the end. See, um, I've never played it. Was- <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I... like. The, the first thing I the, the main thing I was thinking of when I thought of like queer stories in video games where it just hasn't ended <coughs> it hasn't ended well is I think of gone home mm-hmm. so gone home as you're uh, as you're playing for it for anyone who hasn't played it something like you you return home and something wrong has happened in your family house and you as you're exploring that the house you find clues about what could have happened and things involving your younger sister and um was it younger sister yes yeah, yeah it's your younger sister and but there's there's also kind of like, I, I suppose like little red herrings about whether or not there's something going on with your parents or you know if it just feels like a a, a, a sort of real family that has struggles issues. and issues like, yeah. yeah um but then like you find at the end spoilers for gone home you find that your sister has run away with her lesbian partner because she wasn't accepted. And it's just like, that's such a sad way to end this. Um, and that's, and when I reached that ending, I was like, this is the sort of ending I see all the time yeah, with LGBT characters. And it's so sad that these are the only stories, that, like when I think of LGBTQ characters and their kind of plot lines over a game, like, I can only seem to think of mostly just negative ones where they either have to run away or where, where they die, the whole bury the gays trope, which is a huge thing yep. in kind of fiction. Um, and, I, and this is all like I can remember. And it's, it's so sad. So when you do get the opposite, so you get things like say Hades to use, to use as an example where Zagreus and Thanatos are happy and it's kind of an eternal thing because they they can't die they they're, they're demigods they live forever and mm. they're in this relationship and you see that the relate like even damaged relationship like that between um patroclus and achilles achilles can be can be brought back together and they and they can be happy and you see stories like that and they get you so much worse <laughs> they, they cut through you so much worse because you're not used to seeing that sort of positivity yeah when it comes to an lgbtq story yeah for for me like and this this is really showing a bit of like my own intolerance towards heterosexual (laughs) people um to any heterosexual listening to this i don't dislike you individually as a group um 
No, but like you can like mending Achilles and Pet- uh, Petro- is it Petrocles. I don't know how to pronounce it. Relationship that is so that I'm like oh that's beautiful. Look at my happy gaze. Look at my happy, sweet, wonderful gaze. Um, and then you have Orpheus and Eurydice, and I'm like, stay away from her. Get a job. Get a get a haircut. Buy a, get a suit. Get out of here. Because like I'm so happy to get the gay the queers together in one spot, but fuck off, Orpheus. <laughs> it's it, it's come to the point where it's it's so oversaturated that when the options of having a happy queer couple presents itself, you just want to be that meme, you know, where you steamroll people like during Pride Month. That's what I want to be. I just want to stream steamroll over the game, uh, the queer. No, <laughs> streets. Oh dear, for his lip. No, I just want to steamroll over the streets and be like, it's queer town now. But like, bye bye. I mean, there's also, I mean, steeping it a little bit more negative for a moment. There's also negative examples of this though, where, like, to go back to the romance option example, where the the same-sex or queer romance options are so regimented in their design that they either have to be really forced to get to or they aren't part of the narrative and it is so obvious they're not part of the narrative because of either the narrative ends and things are not the way that you thought from what you've built up or, conversely, the the way that these relation the way you have to force these relationships is inherently problematic in some way or another. So mm. the way the one that always the one that always strikes me is I can't remember the name of the character, but it's in Fire Emblem, and there is a there is a female character in Fire Emblem that can be which one? Uh, I cannot remember. I think it's Fire Emblem Fates, and she can be romanced by both the male main character and the female main character but to be romanced by the female main character she has to have her drink spiked to believe oh. that you to believe that you are a male character and then by the time oh, i don't remember that and by fates. the time that wears off she has fallen in love with you as the female character and like when i read that i was like oh what are you doing that's that's quite literal conversion therapy um yeah and the thing is fire emblem uh. All of the same sex that uh, relation, uh, all of the same sex kind of relationship pairings have that sort of element to them, which is terrifying. You're either tricking them, or th- th- it's just it's so I... disgusting to me. Mm. I think Nintendo are particularly bad for representation in any of their games, though. Mm. They're either problematic or they're queer coded villains or Bowser. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean the ultimate I guess a relevant uh, example as well, you know, given uh Nintendo's upcoming release slate is uh <laughs> from Skyward Sword. Um and Tingles just horrific. Whatever that is. Mm. There's Grace. Regardless there, right? what Tingle is, Tingle is for there, there is, oh, Grace is there is our there is our you know queer king Groose. That's the only defense they get. <laughs> Groose? Which character? Uh, if you search Groose on YouTube, 
um, you'll find the best song, Groose's theme, uh, of any, um, you know, Zelda game. <laughs> Hear the key. Or video, oh. or video game. Oh, Groose. I'm like, click, click, click. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like Nintendo, <laughs> like you're completely right, yes, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, mm. Because the, the the one that always the, the thing I always come back to when I come back to LGBTQ representation and Nintendo Tomodachi Life, mm-hmm. how they removed because Tomodachi Life when it originally shipped had the opportunity for you to have um, romance like romances with any so so if you were male you could have romances with male or female and vice versa, but then they removed it as a bug. And yes, then, I remember this. And then as a defense for themselves of removing this as a bug, they said that they weren't trying to make any political statement by removing it. I'm like, but by removing it, that is a political statement, Nintendo, yeah. please. Um, but like, I just remember that whole debacle and just thinking, there's never going to be another Tom Dutchy life after this. They have, they have literally taken this franchise, which is one game in, out into the field and shot it as yeah. far as being able to because right between the eyes because people just won't accept another one now because they won't be able to trust that nintendo will be able to no to to, to do it right because Handle there was no re- there was no reason to remove it no reason at all also, also i checked out the character if we go back to fire emblem just quick i checked out the i did a quick google search already and i found it and like like the character and i'm just like oh my actual fucking god so the character you can romance is a lesbian. Yeah, but you can't romance her as a female character. No, 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 no. You have to go in as a male character, spike to drink, have her see you as a lady. And it's like, oh, I I think I think you're super hot when I touch my chest. Literally what she says. That's horrifying. And I'm just like, huh? So I got the components right. Just there was the yeah. between it that I, I got wrong. It's worse. Yeah, this way, and though. it actually, it actually, yeah, it's, worse. it's actually, it, it makes it so much worse. You can't romance the lesbian character as a female. Um, uh, God, I can't even remember the goddamn name um, of the character, Fate's character, Corin, Corin a female Corin, um, because I, I should have remembered that Corin is my Smash main. Um, but then you can go in as a uh, male Corin, spike the lesbian NP- the lesbian playable character's drink, and have her see you as a woman and fall for you. And also, the game says that her lesbianism prevents her from being a strong woman. Oh, I didn't and know it just, that. It literally just gets worse and worse and like you're drugging her and turning her straight and um wow that just ruined the entire game that that just left such a bad taste in my mouth i mean fates isn't a great game anyway if you're losing fates you're not losing a bad you're not losing a great fire emblem yeah but But there's a difference between this game is this game isn't really the best story-wise and this game has conversion therapy in it Mm. Yeah, there's um and that kind of brings up a topic though, like of um of games where you've been really enjoying the narrative, it's been a really good game, and then you get slapped in the face with some homophobia or, or casual transphobia. And I remember distinctly this happening to me. I was um 
you, you remember, you know, John Rubin, um, my, um, mm-hmm. one of my best friends, um, he got me to play Persona 3 because, like, I was, I hadn't played the Persona games at all at that point. And I was around his house and I was playing Persona 3. And I spent, like, three weekends coming over to play <laughs> Persona 3 to get to the point where they're on, uh, there's, like, this beach scene. And there's this woman who comes along. She's called the beautiful lady. And they put it in quotation marks and a question mark. And then there's a uh, a moment where, you know, the, the, the two characters, um, they say, you know, um, they use the incorrect pronouns for, for her. Um, and, like, from that point forward, I just put the game down. I didn't finish it and I couldn't play it anymore. Um, because it's just, like, it's such a bad taste in your mouth. It just makes you want to quit, you know? And... It, that's like not the only game that I can think of where that's happened. But I'm just wondering if if any of you have kind of had that experience. Maybe um, with with Fates, that was that was a kind of experience for you. Um, I, I mean, my- I I skipped I I skipped so much. It's been so long <laughs> since I played Fates, so I can't even answer that question. And after this, I never want to play Fates again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine. I, I think. I mean, I, I mean, my main. To be fair, my main one that makes me genuinely uncomfortable. We've already covered, which yeah. is poison. Yeah. Um, oh, I because, have another. Because I play Street Fighter, obviously, and I have done for quite some time. And po- poison has always been an element of Street Fighter that makes me. It, it, it's not that it's. It's not that I'll stop playing it because I I I don't play poison. But whenever I have, to, whenever I think about that as a concept, I'm just like, I really shouldn't be playing these games. Um, because it just, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't with it. It started from a bad place, but it, it's kind of in a good place now where, well, goodish place now where in, um, Street Fighter 5, she's just a trans woman. Um, and that's just readily accepted. But I do have that actually for, um, my favorite fighting game series, which is Guilty Gear. <coughs> there's, there's the massive red flag of a conversation topic, which is, uh, in XX, uh, Bridget, right? <laughs> Where it becomes really difficult to even talk about the character because they were designed, um, he was designed to be uh, a character of an archetype of a word that's even difficult to say because it's considered to be transphobic now. And that entire concept is considered be- to be transphobic. The the concept of of the trap character. And I say that and I and like feel free to like um mm. to censor that word, honestly, if you need to. Um because he's designed as a femininely presenting character and in the story of the game yeah. gets misgendered and gets hit on by male characters and then is uh those characters then become you know disgusted um that they've hit on a uh, hit on a man um and it, it's it's all really difficult because like the person who made it was not aware of the trans narrative and they didn't make it with sensitivity in mind and it like it kind of fucks up those games for me i don't want to play you know mm. xx and when i'm playing uh core um you know um accent core when i'm playing accent core um it's hard like because i have friends who main the character and it's just like how do i refer to this character do i use the the fan terms which side of the fan terms do i fall on do i just accept this character as gender non-conforming even though that wasn't how they were written it's it's like a whole minefield and the, there's so many of those characters inside fighting games that fighting games feels like they, they feel like kind of like one of those weird places where this has happened so many times because leo in tekken 6 um is a gender non-conforming character who then later was changed to being a a a, a woman but 
in their initial introduction, they don't use, they're, they're not given masculine or feminine pronouns. They're referred to with, with they. But later on, they're like converted to, to being a woman. And it's like, fine games kind of have this problem where they have, um, they have these characters where they could be really fantastic, you know, um, gender non-conforming or um, non-binary representation that's really lacking in media just in general. Um, but then they kind of fuck it up. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a little bit uh, sort of sheltered because I know <laughs> like nothing about the, the the fighting game community or you know I I just they're just not the kinds of games that I played and I had no idea that there was such a um, I don't know I guess a, it never occurred to me that that the characters in those games would have stories particularly yeah of any description really. Yeah, they're problematic stories as well. I mean, um, Guilty Gear doesn't have just one character who's problematic and queer. It has a lot of problematic queer characters for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, from the the violent, um, sexually aggressive male characters to the, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's not good. I mean... They, they, should, ju- they should just be changed to Guilty Gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean... My God. Yeah, I mean, like, so Street Fighter has its problems in that regard as well, and just like fight, fighting games do struggle for the, with this, and it is it's like an unrunning, uh, unrunning issue in in fighting games and the fighting game community as well. Obviously, I'm bringing it up because you know I'm I'm big in the uh, big into fighting games and yeah, being being trans in fighting games is hard because of this because you know like the the characters that you play like I was talking about before, you know, the symbolic annihilation idea because people have such negative interactions with characters in those stories and they may be the only trans people they've ever interacted with or queer people they've ever interacted with, the fighting game community itself ends up being very hostile towards trans people and queer people. Like it can be. Obviously, I'm not speaking for everybody. I know some people have like really good experiences, but it can be really hostile, especially on Twitch. <laughs> yep, I mean, I, I, I know... Uh... I know various incredible um, trans fighting game players, and I hear a lot of a, a lot of stories of just such such unbelievable hostility, um, mm. and also like it, I mean it occurs it, it, it I mean call a spade a spade with the fighting game community. It's not the most accepting community. God, full no. stop. Because I hear such horror stories from <laughs> I hear such horror stories from women in the fighting game community as well who just get constant abuse and but that doesn't regardless regardless it doesn't make it right and it's good it's good that in the last few years at least uh, like maybe going back a little bit further we've seen um organizers of fighting game community tournaments stepping in and saying no this is no we're not having this here um and that's been that's been really really good to see um but then how do you solve a problem like the characters? It's Exactly. It's like gaming communities in general are very hostile. Yeah. I don't think I've literally like people say like, oh, I think the only really good gaming community that I've met that have been generally very welcoming or something is funnily enough Final Fantasy Fourteen. Um, but I also don't think any straight people play that game. <laughs> <laughs> I I legit think like I, I, I can almost testify in court. Like people within the range of my voice, d- 
do y'all know any straight people who play Final Fantasy XIV? Um, and incidentally, it's also like the least hostile. But then you look at fighting games, and I don't even play much of fighting games, but the ones I have played and my best friend is big on Tekken, and he's like... This is disgusting because he showed me once. Like he's a he's a very big on playing Asuka, yeah. for instance, and he showed me the messages he would get afterwards. And he's like, "Look at this." I was like, "Oh!" And then you have the COD uh, community and like the FPS, the general FPS communities, and like hostility abounds. First, if you're a woman, yep. if they or they think you're a woman, and then if they think you're a queer person, oh, it is full throttle. Let's go. Yep. But what we what what we need to acknowledge here, though, um, is that although the gaming community, like in general, does have this kind of uh, what 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 would be the word? This kind of overall appearance of being incredibly hostile the most hostile are actually still quite a minority and it's the same as the it's, yeah. it's the same as the uh, like it's not it's not absolving them at all they're still obnoxious mm. contemptible assholes but like the, the, the these these whole figures and this this whole statistics thing on gamers being male cisgendered between certain ages that is very quickly if not already fading into nothing like the amount of people that play video games now is such a wide spectrum statistically even um mm. and it's getting wider and wider and wider um and that um, kind of stereotype of gamers being a white straight teenage to mid-20s male is becoming less and less of a reality but it doesn't less. mean that we should rest on our laurels at all we still need to stamp all of this all of this hostility out of the games industry if we can which i don't think we can because people are still assholes but we can work towards removing removing these people from being able to do this um and companies are doing it not all companies but there's a lot more to do yeah i i so i don't fully agree um <laughs> um that's fine it's so basically um yeah. Yes. Um, obviously, the, the the demographic is being shown to not be, you know, um, what what we thought it was, or at least what it was marketed as. Um, but the hostility towards women is is a profound cornerstone of online gaming in such a way that the moment I started feminizing my voice was the moment I started getting um, email threats, getting message threats in games, and being shouted down every time I use voice. I actually can't, as as like as as failed presenting as I am a lot of the time with my voice. I can't talk on voice in any game, at all, um, without being shouted down. Immediately shouted down. Um, you know, called the c word. Um, having people um, mm-hmm. try to do sexual acts to my character in game, even when it's very difficult for them to do so, they try to try to do so. Um, I had that happen on a stream Jesus. once, which was very. Uh, horrifying um I, I get people i am like the smallest creator on youtube and on on twitch like i think all three of you are like m- magnitudes larger than i am and i i still get hate in chat and i still have to clean out the hate in my my um comments in uh in youtube really frequently um yeah 
And like, obviously, the sad reality is like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, sorry, the the sad reality is that it doesn't really matter how small mm. that toxic element is, because they're just always the loudest, and they're always there. And that yeah. is, they scream. That they is, scream. The, you know, it doesn't matter if it's one person in an online game of 50 people or 10 people in an online game of 50 people that that one toxic horrible individual is always the one that ends up shouting and 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 screaming at whoever they can victimize yeah yeah and there's another thing that we like we have to acknowledge is the fact that our size it's not just the size of our communities or something that protects us. It's our identities. I I think even like as cisgender males, we're still mainly protected from like the community's general uh, bio. Yeah, you have an umbrella. You you have yeah. a protective yeah. umbrella against uh, against the shit that and <laughs> yeah like and trans gamers and feminine feminine presenting gamers even if they were four times the size of our following they would still receive that much more like or it doesn't like the size doesn't matter because we have that protection we it and it has to be acknowledged and it has to be yeah. mentioned. Mm-hmm in comparison to trans gamers and feminine presenting gamers and non-binary gamers and such who do not have their protection and who get that much more shit regardless of community size. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a a good example there is like one of the largest female Twitch, um, you know, uh, I always get stuck there because it's like Twitch what? Broadcasters, I guess? Um, Twitch stars, Twitchers. Um, uh, Pokemon uh, gets an enormous amount of shit in every match that she plays and she can only play uh, Valorant with her her friends otherwise she has to have all of the voice chat turned off all of the text chat turned off and then she, whenever she plays Valorant she also has to put herself into sub only mode or into followers for you know 17 days only mode to avoid all just the, the toxic crap that gets thrown her way um, so yeah like I thank you for acknowledging uh-huh. it because like yeah, you uh, you do sit with um with kind of like invisible armor on, and in in business that gets mm. called the invisible stare, doesn't it? Um, it's the the thing that we're all stepping over to avoid because we we know that there's a problem here, but we can't really fix it. And in in this case, it's the it's the shit that gets thrown at uh, you know women and, and and queer people. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, we we are in uh, or, or at, at the at the very least. Um, Myself and Emery as Twitch as Twitch streamers, um, we we are protected by our very by our very being, just just being the way yeah. we are. We're protected anyway um, from a lot because because uh, of course uh, I I drop into your streams, Remy, when when whenever I can, and various other kind of LGBT um, <coughs> streamers that I follow, and some of them get so much abuse yeah. so quickly. Um, in fact, like quite happily i've rescinded my previous comment um <laughs> like because i i think mark is I, I think mark really summed up exactly what i think i was aiming towards but i was very clumsily clumsy acting at it doesn't matter although obviously that size is shrinking it doesn't matter that the size is shrinking because 
they will amplify their toxicity to make up the space mm. that they're no longer taking up. Um, and really, it's the it's the it, it's on us, really, as 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 kind of white cis queer men. We have yeah. we we can. I'm trying to articulate something, but I can't. The words... It's like the responsibility of changing shit really is on is on our shoulders. Yeah. So I think what you're what you're kind of trying to get at, if you if you don't mind me, sort of like trying to um, articulate it, it's the sure. the idea of using your privilege to um, sort of to change the status quo, right? Like it's the it's the same idea as you know um, a white person standing in front of um, a, you know a, a bipoc and like protecting them from um, the abuse that's being spewed at them, and like a cashier you know, um, by a cashier, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can get in the way, if you can disrupt, and if you can, like, be a louder voice than the person who's giving the shit to, uh, to, you know, um, a sort of, like, uh, less defended or less um, armoured members of the community, I mean, it helps. It definitely helps. And it helps to dissolve the the sort of the... um, the culture as well but like it's i know it's hard because it's like emotional labor that you have to do to enjoy like for example if you want to enjoy a video game with with me like if if, if any of you three came on to um like a, a an fps with me and i spoke on chat it then becomes the emotional labor on you to either defend me or to um to drown out the the, the people who are going to give me shit and that is part of what makes it harder for me to be in the community and to be around because not only is my presence on on microphone going to piss off potentially the people who are trying to you know uh, get me out of the community, but it can also because of the emotional labor and because of the the you know the the sort of like the shit that you're going to have to take if you defend me, it can also make you all feel like you are less likely to want to to drag me into like a, a game, for example, because there's that you know that there's that social pressure there that if I speak or if I say the wrong thing, if they find out that I'm trans, if they find out that I'm a woman. They'll throw shit my way. Yeah. But, and I, I can really only speak for me, in, like, in most cases. Um, and this is something I've really thought about. Like, fuck the discomfort. And, like, the, f- like the discomfort we might... Uh, potentially yeah. feel really does it does not equate to the discomfort um queer gamers and fe- female gamers uh that uh feel like queer gamers of the rest of the umbrella in uh, the rest of the acronyms <laughs> um how they feel compared to us like i might just be a little bit uncomfortable and if let's say I did, let's say I game with you, and somebody came in and said something horrible, I might just be like five percent uncomfortable, but you you can be seventy percent uncomfortable, and I'm like my five percent uncomfortable, I'll I'll I I'm I'm just gonna have to deal, and I'm still gonna have to go like no, you do not say that, because we can't use our discomfort as a means of escape. yeah, it's a shield exactly. Mm. But that's exactly what um, Remy mentioned about using the privilege. Yeah, like like, and mm. I I I would do it because we're all upstanding folk. Like, <laughs> we we would we wouldn't hesitate. Actually, I'm sitting down. <laughs> I didn't even see that pun. <laughs> um, 
but like I, I would think that we would quite honestly just take that discomfort to even 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 if we could remove a, a little bit of the of the discomfort that our our friend or our um our, our kind of what would it be colleague in the game yeah that's not the right word our teammate our teammate thank you <laughs> if, if even if it absolves <laughs> my words today are <laughs> fucked um even even if it absolves or removes even a, a, a fraction of that discomfort from that player who is being targeted that is worth it mm-hmm. and I would I I wouldn't hesitate to do that um, because my discomfort, as Emre has has um, quite successfully and succinctly put, my discomfort is temporary and fleeting for the instance of that game, that moment, mm-hmm. compared to the trans gamer, the uh, female presenting gamer. Um, like their their discomfort is constant and. If I can do anything, if I can do anything to ease that discomfort, even a little, yeah, of course I'd do it. Don't care how uncomfortable it makes me. Enough people hate me on the internet anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> because at considering that we are in a more privileged situation due to our gender status or our skin color, it's really up to us and to like use it effectively uh, and within a ga- within the gaming community where we see so many attacks on people uh like queer people but specifically um like bisexual people pansexual people trans people intersex people asexual people and so on um and those that do not fit into the gender binary or choose to choose not to identify within the binary how much they are being attacked and we need to use our privilege to just say this is not okay this is not cool because i I, like at the very base i think every queer gamer has an idea of like when we go into a chat there is the there's a reality that we will if we use voice or if we disclose our queer status we will be attacked or we will receive slurs coming our way but the amount and the severity differs incredible the further out in the acronym you go (laughs) the more you receive it's literally it's it's a graph so what we receive is nowhere near what a trans individual would receive or non-binary individual would receive or um an asexual individual would receive because and gay men specifically because lesbians would also receive so much more than us uh gay men specifically we are shielded by uh in beautiful uh, not beautiful so interconnected series of privileges and we while we might receive hate we still receive less and as queers in gaming and considering that like in queers and streaming as well that we need to be able to understand and use our voices and our platforms to make sure that the the, the other individuals within the queer community like they like we we help out as much as we can 
I don't know if we've strayed upon the topic, if I just sound preachy, but we can't, like, gaze. Uh, we can't use what, uh, we can't use our discomfort as a means of inaction because our discomfort pales in comparison to the others. And it's a sad reality, but it's a reality. That's the thing. It's a very sad reality. None of us might want to um, admit this. Doesn't make it any less current, any less real. No, I, I think what you just said about it being a, a sad reality, but reality applies to almost everything that we've discussed in this podcast. You know, somebody's just going to listen to this podcast and be like, who the fuck is this <laughs> preaching every four seconds? What, what is he saying? Why does he sound like 15 accents boiled into one? He sounds five foot four. What's wrong with him? Somebody's going to listen to this and think that. And, you know, if you do think that, listener, well... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but while, I stand while, by what I said. While, while we're on the subject, Ray, um, who had one hour and 17 minutes in the sweepstakes before Ray would make a pun? Because that was the winning time. Who said this? <laughs> and also, one hour and 17 minutes? Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for believing in my restraints. <laughs> Look, I came up with seven dad jokes just today, one of them being about cannibals. You really, you have to expect me randomly just saying stuff. And we love you for it. <laughs> we Thank do. you. Thank we you. Do. It's all I want. Attention. <laughs> there was one thing there was one thing I want to bring up because we did mention Persona for like two seconds and when I think queers, queer gaming I think of Persona um Bless Atlas. Sometimes they get it right, and sometimes they get it horribly, horribly wrong. Um, but how have how many of you here have played uh, Persona Four, or Persona Five? I have never played a Persona game at all. We're gonna we're gonna keep it that I'm, way. Uh, um, I played Persona Five, and I've avoided Persona Four for specific reasons. <laughs> yeah, I think the specific reason is <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's about of, to come up, huh? Because like. <laughs> Yeah, because like Persona, and I'm sorry to anyone that might feel discomfort for this, but it's also worth mentioning. Um, considering the Persona Four when it came out had the had Kanji, which was uh, lauded as a queer character appearing in the game, and like every character has their own like dungeon based on their psyche and his was a bathhouse this is a this is someone who's punk rock blonde knows how to sew very well and he had the characteristics of like being seen as queer because despite the punk rock appearance he knew how to handle outfits he could make dresses he could sew dolls and it, like his inner turmoil, turmoil 
came out in the shape of his own private dungeon, which was a bathhouse. Complete with um, his own shadow version being someone in nothing but a towel five steps away from proposing. I was like, oh, all right. But then it turns out he wasn't queer. Or, like, at least he wasn't gay. He might be a bisexual person. And he was attracted to another character who identified as female, yet dressed in a male-presenting manner. And that just added more to the confusion for him. But as someone... When you, like, at that point, when it came out, it came out in 2009, 2010. You didn't think much. You were a bit upset, but you didn't think all that much. And then you go back to now, where... And this is where I think Atlas really dropped the ball. Um, because I... Like, it can be seen as, is this just a phase? Is being queer, the queer identity just a phase? And, like, the character of Naoto, who uh, identifies as female, but dresses in a male-presenting way, being seen as a man because of the, the uh, the way they dress. So, Atlas really tried to handle queer storylines in there, but they failed. They failed. I feel like I'm rambling about it. No, you're making a good point. They um they kind of fuck stuff up. With the um with the, the silver male presenting sorry, the male presenting character who was um quote unquote supposed to be female. Um I I remember mm. this one because she's the he's it's difficult because the community accept it, accepts it as he, so I'm going to use he. Um, he's the reason why I didn't mm. play it, because um, there's a, a scene where he is uh, given the option of changing his, his body, um, and he doesn't choose to, and there's a whole bunch of the usual turfy shit-talking points are used as, as why he doesn't choose to change. And I yeah. knew that I couldn't go through and- that. Kind of like that, that, that um, trauma playing this game, but yeah, Atlas. Um, Atlas don't have Com- a good uh, a good reputation with it because Persona Three, they had bad um, trans and bad gay representation, and then Catherine, with uh, the Catherine remake of Erica being fucking mm. garbage. Uh, so like, no, like Atlas have been dropping the ball uh-huh. for a while. <laughs> yeah, and. The thing is, in Persona 4 Golden, the Naoto actually, at the end, comes out in full-on female-presenting clothes and makeup and everything. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Okay, well, you live your best life, but Atlas, you could have done better. And then you have Persona 5 with the uh, predatory queers. Beach episode. Where they they are predatory queers uh, trying to hit on you. Don't forget the bar. Yeah. Oh, with Miss yeah. La, Miss Lala. I forget the name. Which I'm just like, okay, so we got a drag queen. Well. And even that, like, I didn't actually fit. I will admit this. I didn't actually finish Persona Five. Uh, I like. For long ways in it, but I didn't actually finish Persona 5, so I didn't finish that confidant. Yeah. 
but I don't trust Atlas with queer characters. No. Uh, let let me just say that here and now, um, which is so sad because in Persona Two, one of your characters was canonically queer, and it wasn't hated on. It wasn't like really bashed on. They were queer. Oh, they ha- they loved the main character, but the main character also like considered him a wonderful person. Sure, they were the villain for a little while, this character, but you know, once the villain part was gone, they were like, "Oh, welcome to the team. We love you." And guess what? We're able to romance you. It's like, "Oh, yay." And like that wasn't super negative. It was a bit like, "Oh, here's the queer villain." But the villain part wasn't because they were queer. They were like 50 other reasons. It's kind of of enemies to lovers, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, friends to enemies to lovers, which is like, oh, That's a great trope, right? I'm like, yay, I love AO3. Um, I am active. (laughs) We love a journey. I still get... Yeah, I, I still get notifications. Like, somebody left a story. I was like, oh, thank you. Um, so, so to go from that to Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5, and I'm just like... Where did you go so horribly go. wrong? Yeah, like, fire your writing team. Regressive. Yeah. There are 50,000 fanfic writers who do a better job than you do. Um, And I'm not even going to go in on how awfully they treat Anne. Jesus fucking christ um but yeah persona persona is when when i think about queer coding queer baiting and uh queer villains predatory queers i immediately go to the persona series because they're really really prevalent and with persona 5 coming out in this era uh, of people being more open about criticizing negative uh negative themes concerning queer characters we got we actually got so much more um spotlight on these predatory queer characters to the point where i think they try to change it a bit in the updated version but i haven't played that much there so i don't know where the changes are still you shouldn't have had something to change mm-hmm. this isn't the 90s you should you shouldn't have had something to change. Cultures change. Japan is not a backwards culture. They should know better. And the translators to English translators, y'all should have known better too. You don't exactly have, like oh you see that the Japanese version has predatory queers. You know you don't like have to take it exactly right. You can just. Freshen it up and make it nice, make it pretty, cook, clean, whatever you need. Instead, why would you do that? Because, I mean, as queer people, we're just sick and tired of being demonized in a game with literal demons. Stop demonizing us. There are already demons at the doorstep. One looks like a horse, one looks like a jack-o'-lantern. You don't need... Demonized queers, I beg of you. This is too much. Thank you for my soapbox. <laughs> That's a good TED talk. That's a good TED talk. I'm sorry. Once you get me started, I just don't stop. I'm a teacher by trade. This is how I do it. 
I feel like this is this is you know a subject that all of us could probably talk at length about for hours, uh, or at least an hour and a half as we've proven <laughs> so far. But um, I think it's probably uh, time we should sort of be wrapping this up. Um, if anybody else has any other kind of last points that they'd like to make. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive's coming out. Buy Strive. <laughs> Shilling for a game where I'm getting no money, but it's a great game. <laughs> um, buy Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne HD. A positive queer representation in a shopkeeper that gives you lucky tickets if you like buy a certain quota. We love that. And if play Dragon Age, <laughs> punch the egg. Nobody likes Solus. I don't care that. I don't care if it's voiced by Gareth, uh, Gareth David Lloyd. Egghead. I. I'll just throw Hades out again. <laughs> hey, Hades. You should play Hades. Damn it! Just get on it. It's a great game. Honestly, just play Hades in general. It's such a wonderfully crafted game. And anything from you, Mark? Anything you want to sell? <laughs> um, no, I think I'm. I think I'm all up to date with anything that I would like to uh, to shill. Um, I just would like to, to to give a big thank you to to Remy and to Emery for joining us today. Um, it's been a it's been a journey. It's been informative. It's been really great to talk to you. Yeah, both. agreed. Is this the part where we get to yeah. advertise our streaming? I just, yes, I was just feel about to free. Get to that. <laughs> because because we are streamers, and if you want to see more outrageous queer content, why not follow us? Yep. So um, left to right again because it's, it's just what I can see. So Emre, anything you wish to anything you wish to promote or or throw out there for the listeners? Um. Yes, uh, I'm a queer stream, queer variety streamer on Twitch, uh, who's been playing a lot more horror games nowadays. Senric with a free instead of an e. Come by, I'm just as loud as I am on this podcast. And um, oh, really? I thought you were putting that on just for <laughs> <laughs> no, honey. What you see is what you get. Um, and yeah, I'm. I have been told I'm entertaining. I'm just going to go with that flow. So come by, say hi, enjoy life. And if you love a good dad joke. I have a channel points redemption. If you want to cringe, I'm your man. So definitely got that. And the wonderful Remy. Promote yourself. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so Remy, I go by Control Cookie on the internet. You can find all of my social stuff at controlcookie.com. I have like one of those clicky link tree style uh website setup that i made myself for no reason other than i could um i play a variety of games but it's with a focus on sort of the hard games so puzzle games uh souls likes and uh fighting games um i'm live sporadically but once strive releases i'm going to be playing guilty gear strive pretty consistently every single day for quite a while um yeah uh i'm trans adhd and uh queer so i have like the trifecta of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that you do. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, honestly, I, just to just to echo Mark, thank you both of you. Like this was, like I, I had high hopes for this, like as as a prize special because it's the first one we've ever done. But like this conversation and all of the topics we've covered and all of the games we've covered and and well, just the industry in general has just been such a wonderful conversation. So thank you to you both. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure to be here. Uh, that was uh, it was a pleasure to be here. <laughs> You've caught the words. You've caught the I'm words losing my, from me. I'm losing I'm losing my teaching license as we speak. <laughs> and hopefully we will join everybody in next week's episode, uh, which will cover the last three weeks of news rather than two. Um, and sort of preclude our E3 coverage, oh I guess. I, not the word. Not the word I was looking for, but I am prepared to suffer. That's what E three is, right? <laughs> it's suffering for about four days. I'm prepared. I just want Shin Megami. I just want Shin Megami Tensei Five news, or Bayonetta free news. I'm pray- Does, praying. Please, for, praying for <laughs> please, Bayonetta. Please grace us with your brilliance. Uh, I need to get Mark a t shirt. Re- just referencing metroid in some way and just like just waiting for metroid just you at a bus stop or something like i'll, I'll figure it out just waiting. it's just gonna be like mark waiting for metroid news and underneath you see it's been 84 years <laughs> they're probably that yes uh but yes thank you everyone for listening uh we've been the queers at play with m ray and remy and thank you for listening see you next time bye